Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Orange and Brew, the podcast where we married our two favorite pastimes, the Denver Broncos and beer. I am JT Matthews, and you can find me at JTMatthews01 on Twitter. And I am here with the illustrious doctor, Nicholas Manning, at DR underscore N Manning uh, on Twitter. And we are joined by a special guest and whiz kid, Joey Richards, uh, our colleague at Mile High Sports. How are you doing? I am doing well. I'm excited to be on one of my favorite podcasts. I listen to it frequently. Love both you guys. So I'm excited to be on it. Good. We're glad to have you. We, we always enjoy having you. Um, I'm sure this is where the doctor is going to come in and say something uh, cheeky. Oh, I can't stop laughing. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah, you nailed it. I'm leaving it alone. Set it up. It's great. Yeah. Well, if you know, you know. Right. If you know, you know. I thought that setup was there for you, and I thought you were going to jump all over. It, it was. I, was just, it's too, I, I can't. It's like I'm, I'm struggling to keep myself together right now. <laughs> like we said before the podcast, one of those weeks. <laughs> oh man, how uh, how how are you? We we just got a piece from from Joey on uh, Mile High Sports. Yeah, I, I wrote about the the differences between Cushenberry and, and Miners, and then the center battle. It's a, it's an interesting topic, right? Both these guys, it's, it's rare. You see the same round, third round, a year apart, same position, both young guys. So, so it's an interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to jump into that too, a little bit. We're going to have you break it down for us. Cause I think we want to focus on some position battles. I don't know that we're going to get through all of them today, but uh, we've kind of targeted some and we can just start with that. If you want to, I, I was kind of interested. I, I read the article. I thought you did a great job, phenomenal job, as always. I appreciate um, maybe, maybe you can kind of break down a little bit what, what Broncos fans should be looking for in this battle, kind of why it's important, and maybe how these guys are, are different and how, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because they're like polar opposites almost. Like you have one guy that comes from LSU Football Factory, SEC, right? You have the other guy coming from Wisconsin Whitewaters. You have one guy that is average height to weight for a center. You have another guy that's massive power mauler guy, um, whereas Cushenberry kind of struggles and run and bigger defenders, uh, especially like big nose tackles and stuff like that he has to struggle with. So it's kind of like what you're looking for, right? You have one guy that's kind of technically sound. He's more there. Uh, he's played at the higher competition compared to the other guy that's more of the raw unproven but more physically talented player it's just an interesting thing to follow because like I said earlier they're both young drafted a year apart in the exact same round and you just couldn't find any more different style of centers I wonder do you you feel like one of those profiles fits better in today's NFL 
you know, do you feel like Cushenberry is more your prototypical or do you think Miners has a better a shot because of his physical traits? Uh, do you have any feelings on that? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, Miners is a super rare athlete for a center at his size. And I mean, he, at his pro day, he had a relative athletic score of a 9.98, which is just phenomenal. That's ridiculous, right? So it, I, I think what happens is, it's, it's going to be a tall task to ask anyone from Wisconsin Whitewaters to step into the league and start day one and then play at a high level, right? That's, that's a pretty hard thing to ask. I think for at least the first year, I, I, I would hope that Cushenberry gets the start unless Miners just outperforms what, what we all expect. And um, I just think he's the safer option. Now, looking into the future is a different conversation. You have Miners this big athletic freak, like I said earlier, but he's working with one of the best offensive line coaches in the league. And if you continue to develop that, his, his ceiling is so high. You know, I think the thing that gets missed too, is that he sat out last year. So not only is he making a jump from D3, right, but they didn't have a season. Right. Those last, last real opportunity before the senior bowl to play was the end of 2019. So not only a small school, but you lost a year of reps and then you're jumping from not only lesser competition, right? It's not Boise State or or Wyoming. He, he played at Wisconsin Whitewater. Like, I don't even know where that is. Is that different than Redwater or Blue Water? Like, where is the water? Why is it like that? Um, sorry, digression. So I think, I think that that's a ton of it, uh, which is why when I looked at the depth chart a while ago, I didn't see a path for him to win the job this year. But I also didn't look into next year. So I really liked that you dove into, not only is there a competition now, but there might be a competition again, right? So unless Cushenberry does something to separate himself and become an upper half of the league center, that that position will continue to be up for grabs a little bit a la the quarterback position, right? Unless you separate yourself and you become the man, you know, your, your job's open for competition, which I appreciate. I like the mentality of you got to keep earning it. You know, if you don't perform at a high level, it's, this isn't good enough here, which I hope that that's the route to, to take. So I like that you put that skew on it a little bit of, hey, this competition isn't done. Uh, I would also say, you know, if, if Cushenberry isn't performing really well midseason again, right, he's – and I think he picked it up towards the end of last year, but if there isn't really that progression, why would you not take a risk on a guy that just, you know, has a stronger anchor, like you said, right, is physically gifted, where he can pull and he can do some things that Munchak really likes, you know, really keeping a fluid five up front to be able to – Maneuver, push, pull, you know, use the pin pull to be able to get outside for Gordon or for Williams, et cetera. You know, if he's not playing really well, I mean, would it hurt you to give another guy an opportunity? You know, it's a little bit of, it's not like you're replacing maybe someone that's doing okay and consistent enough, but if he's not performing at a high enough clip, I don't know that they wouldn't make a change midseason. It's very possible. You know, and we were talking about how big of a leap this is, which even crazier is that he's never played center before, right? The first time he played center was at the Senior Bowl. He was just taking snaps there. I mean, the adjustment is massive. Like, like you said, he could definitely, he could definitely pull through. I mean, there's no guarantee Cushenberry makes this big leap like, like want and expect. Um, and and if you're Cushenberry, you have to look at it. Not only did they draft someone in. A year, I'm a rookie. They drafted someone in the same position me in the third round, pretty high pick, top 100 pick. But they drafted someone with like the opposite skill set of me. Are they looking for something different than what I am? 
You know, with that, though, I, we talked about it when we, when we examined a little bit of the quarterback competition of if you were going to have a competition, to me, that's what you should do. Mm-hmm. Don't pull two people in with a similar skill set. It's really hard to decipher then, like, uh, you know, who provides you with more if they do similar things, as opposed to the opposite position where now it's a preference, right? It gives you options about what kind of offense do you want. Or, or what kind of skill set do you need at this position? And, and I look at it, you know, I, and I pulled up the over the cap, did this article. Um, they broke down the impact of immediate or immediate impact of NFL draft picks. So I'm looking at it in the center position. If you're drafted between pick 65 and 96, the center position plays above 350 snaps half of the time, exactly half of the time. If they're picked anywhere from 97 to 160, the center is by far the most impactful position. So it's a little bit on when you draft a guy like that, the likelihood of them contributing early is fairly high and it's higher than most other positions. When you look at guard, which is a little bit of how I want to skew this, that player plays above 350 snaps 72% of the time if they're drafted in that age or in that in that draft range, which to me is a little bit of if I were coaching this, I think center position is harder to learn than a guard, right? You have to have the calls. You have to be able to do those things. You have less head up um, physical um, matchups, right? Because rarely is a, do you have a zero tech that's right over your face Yeah. in today's game? You might sometimes, but usually there's a shade when you're, when you're in the guard position, you're going to have much more one-on-one matchups. So physically, I think guards much more demanding, but I think center with the calls and understanding defensive schemes and where to identify the mic and those kind of things is harder so I would have a guy learn that first and then bump him out. If I were to be Mike Munchak, that would be the strategy that I would use. Yeah. I still look at it on if Graham Glasgow has another down season, you have options, right? You have interior options, let alone just competition at center. And so not only is Miners competing with Cushenberry for the center job, because you want your best five, to be quite frank. But also, you know, if both of those guys show well and continue to show promise, now you have options up front. Uh, which I think is a pretty interesting thing, especially when you look at the impact of where guys get drafted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that, that that's why it's important to have versatility on your offensive line. If a guy goes down, you want to just plug and play your best guy. You don't want to have to worry about, oh, well, my backup left guard is good, but my backup right guard is not so good. You want to just throw in the best guard. So if you have that versatility, um, it helps out. And then he can play all three positions on the interior, which is big. You guys are talking about the, the how it's going to be a big adjustment period. What what do you think the biggest adjustment he'll have to make is uh, talking about minors? Do you think it's just level of competition, being used to, to facing guys that are that are NFL quality guys, or do you think it's uh, more scheme stuff? What what do you kind of see as the biggest hurdle he's got to overcome to make that transition? I would I would assume all of them. Like seriously, I think that I think it's an equal split of all of these are a big adjustment. <laughs> The, the switching position, snapping the football, having to make calls, the level of competition is going to be like extraordinary different. It's going to be massive. And then like I, where I think he's going to be all right is his physicality. He's just, he's super physical. Like the guy wants to, the guy wants to put you on the ground every single time he gets on the football field. So I think that's going to be fine, but adjusting to the speed and the counters off of that, when you come out so physical, so aggressive, these guys, all have counters off of that, what they want to do. They're going to swim over the top. They're going to, you know, all that. So I, I think the whole thing is going to be a big adjustment. 
there's those rare guys that can make the adjustment quick, but they're far they're, they're, they're not very, uh, they don't come around very often. You know, my biggest feeling based on his RAS score, and I like how you broke down his physical prowess, I doubt that he's going to get manhandled, you know, outside of Aaron Donald. I don't think that there's a guy that will, that will out-physical him. However, you know, being able to technically be sound, you know, what Cushenberry offers. So even though he gets pushed at the point of attack, he gets to his spots. I don't know that minors can do those things, right? Being able to know the exact point that you need to be able to get to with experience in this offense, like you saw, or like you said, that to me will be the biggest issue. And I don't know how long that takes. You know, I, I don't know. He seems like a pretty intellectual player based on some of the, you know, the ball dingers breakdowns where he, or uh, you know, as Jeff Schwartz, right? Where he goes and he gets on the, the big boy board. I think he called it, which I think is fantastic. I mean, you could see the intellect there, and I, I liked being able to see how he thought about it. That said, um, you know, for for most of us, I don't think we really understand fully the, what's required, both from your feet and your hands in concert, right? So you can't just be technically sound when you are with hand placement. Um, which which step is your uh, your punch, right? And, and then your kick step, and how you're going to do that based on what call that is or what drop that is. Uh, you know, if it's play action or if it's run action, right? The nuances of all of those things, which are extremely different, which you probably didn't have to do. And you heard him say, it, we never were under center ever, yeah. which that will even be an adjustment, right? Not stepping on your quarterback's foot when you get the snap. Yeah. Like, I got to get the snap right. I got to not stomp my size 16 on, on whoever the quarterback's foot is. I think those are things that we don't, we assume that guys at that level will get up and their coaches assume that they'll get it. I don't know how long that thing takes. And those are things that, you know, Cushenberry's had the opportunity to be able to do while going against Alabama and Auburn and Texas A&M and those kind of schools before getting to the, the league. I also think that Cushenberry himself will have a, I think he'll be better. He has another additional off season. I, I think he knew that he wasn't playing well. I really liked his interview when they talked about, you know, how do you feel about competition? I love it. I didn't play well enough. If you can't get up for these kind of things and, and find a way to make yourself better, you shouldn't be in the league. You know, those kind of comments were just phenomenal. No, that's, that's what gives me hope about it. I've always been a big advocate for getting just, just draft talent and try to get Munchak to get it going. I mean, like you said, we have the hall of fame coach. He's probably the best offensive line coach in the league and his track record's ridiculous. And if he likes a guy with a high ceiling, I'm all for it. I think that there's certain positions where, sometimes you kind of hope a certain guy wins over the other guy just because of the upside. Um, is there someone that Broncos fans should be rooting to win this or, or should it just go to the best guy at this, at this point? I think it just should go to the best guy, but I will say that if Miners wins the position battle, that speaks volumes to where he is, right? Like that, 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 that would be amazing if he won, that would be a big step. Um, just showing how smart he is, how, how he's gotten here from Wisconsin Whitewaters in one offseason. He's already the Munchak is saying he's better than Cushenberry. That that would be a big endorsement. So, um, but yeah, best man wins for me. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, and I liken this too to the quarterback competition. If it's a little bit like, uh, so Drew Locke in my mind, right, is the more physically gifted quarterback. I think we all agree that he has he has the tools necessary to be a high level or higher level quarterback in the league. Whether or not he has ironed out the other stuff, physically gifted, right? His RAS score was really high, similar to, to Miners here. So to me, if Miners wins, 
like Joey said, I think that speaks actually much more for where he's at in his development than it does for where Cushenberry is. Yeah. And Cushenberry showed that he can be a, you know, even though he struggled in his rookie season, if you take into account that he's a rookie coming in COVID, right? All of the same things that we've talked about in the offseason, to be thrust into a starting center position in the NFL with no offseason as a rookie. I think we expect his arrow will continue to go up. I would assume that he'll still be better this offseason than he was last year. So then when you add that, if Miners beats him out for that, I think that actually just speaks more about where Miners is in his development than it does an indictment on Cushenberry. Let's before switch. we do just, before, oh, yeah, yeah. I, just my the I'm a, I'm kind of a weirdo. Like I'm really excited that we have offensive line depth. Yeah, same. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. it's nice to be able to feel like, man, I don't we're gonna keep them all. Right. Just such a nice feeling to have those individuals or have this work out where you're not afraid of one injury. I mean, not asking for one either, but you know, we're not, you're not worried about one that you feel like the best player is going to get it and not just the best of who you have, right? A really good player is going to step up and that we have options, right? If Graham Glasgow doesn't play well or gets hurt again, you know, we're not going to be terrible. Like we have another guy that we feel really good that has a lot of upside. Maybe minor switches over and Johnny Mooney could get another look. Cause I think we're all pretty excited about his, another year of his development. That That's just exciting for a team that lacked offensive line depth forever. I mean, for a long time since, you know, since Peyton or maybe even before Peyton, it was a struggle to be able to get and maintain, you know, five consistent offensive linemen and God forbid, if anyone got hurt, it was, you know, gloom and doom. And, uh, you know, hopefully that continues to maintain. If I'm George Payton, I'm drafting a offensive lineman or two every year. Yeah. year, Right. Like just let them fall out of your pocket. You have trade assets. Someone will always get hurt. It helps to not overpay for positions like guard, right. When you can just continue to draft them, keep your resources outside, minimize your resources, your financial resources inside by continuing to draft, you know, a third round pick is a pretty high pick for a, for a guard, but you should get an instant impact player, which keeps your cost down. Cause in the end, you know, how much they cost or, or take up of your salary cap is pretty minimal. So to me, I dig it. You know, that's a, that's a route that I would continue to go. And if uh, that's a strategy, I'm all on board. Yeah. It, it's offensive line is one of those positions you have to keep drafting and have to keep developing. And because it, you, there's five guys on your offensive line. It's, it's impossible to maintain a good offensive line. Like you can't just have, the same five guys for five years. It's that's just not going to happen. These guys get old. They're going to retire. They need a payday. They're going to leave. Um, one guy you drafted is a bust. Like it, it, there's just a million things where you have a weak point on your offensive line. So draft two or three, right? A year. Just keep drafting them. Uh, there's there's no there's there's not drafting an offensive lineman is never a really a bad pick. It really isn't. Let's talk about a position group that will benefit from good offensive line play, and that is the running back position. Um, I think it, it's it'll be interesting to also see how this one plays out. Uh, you know, Melvin Gordon is uh, the one right now, but we drafted Javante Williams in the second round. To I don't know. I guess the debate is: is this a competition? Is this a is this a load share situation? And what should Broncos fans be looking for uh, when when training camp battles start? Because you know, we've gotten into this a little bit on Twitter, so I think it'll be fun to translate it over to an actual conversation that's not limited to, uh, you know, so many characters. Yes, Joey, I would love yeah. to hear your thoughts about this 
Okay. Well, for one, the competition, I, I don't really think it's a competition. I think these guys are just going to split carries. And then as the season goes along, maybe one guy pulls ahead. I think the nod would go to Javante Williams is Melvin Gordon is on a contract year. And um, or that I actually don't know. Maybe that that's just my perspective on how I would do it. I want to get the most out of my rookie running backs contract. I think that's where the value comes. If you're going to draft a guy in the second round, you're drafting him knowing that this guy's career is going to be shorter. If I sign him to a big second contract, he may not live up to it because I mean, we've seen it a million times recently. The second contract for the running back is kind of has not been good recently. Um, So I want to, I really, that first contract, I want to run my rookie running back. I want to get the most out of that as humanly possible. Melvin Gordon kind of puts a little dampers that a little bit for me. Just, just my opinion, because I don't want to have to split carries with Javante Williams my first year. I want him to get the ball. I think he's great. Yeah. Um, this is why I drafted him in the second round. So, yeah, that's just my opinion on it. I think, Doc, do you think that it should be a load share? Because I, I understand the sentiment of, of wanting to kind of get as much value as you can out of a rookie running back, especially when you, you spend a second round pick on him. But, you know, there's an argument to be made that, you know, you, you get a little more mileage out of your backs if you do split. Uh, what's your take? I, I think I have a little bit different of a take. I, I get the the presumed value of, of running backs and second contracts and that kind of stuff. I also believe if you get a guy in a second or third round, which is a higher end selection, but it's usually going to be a guy that's a much better player. You can get running backs in the fifth or sixth round, but how many of them are, you know, and I think, JT, I think you posted this or made this comment, right? How many of the top 20 rushers were lower than a third round pick? Not many. I mean, you're, you're right. You're three. So, I mean, it just, it, there's not a lot of production that happens. Top end production. Can you win by committee? Sure. If you have Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or that kind of thing, right? You have that kind of guy Then maybe you can, but, but that's because the running game isn't the focal point of what you're trying to do. If you want a guy that is a, that is a bell cow running back, you have to spend a quasi premium draft pick. I wouldn't go first round, but I definitely would go day two. That said, if you have a guy like Melvin Gordon, who in the last eight games of 2020 was a really good running back, you know, a a really good running back. He finished the year with, with almost a thousand yards and nine touchdowns. Mm -hmm. He's underutilized in the passing game because Pat Shermer didn't run screens. Part of that was DeMar Dotson couldn't get out on the, on the edge. So that limited some of the screen game or just bad play calling. I don't know. I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Um, so to me, it's a little bit of, let's see who earns it. I think Javante Williams, as he gets going, I think he will earn more time. You know, him, and I think maybe I said this in our conversations back and forth. I think what game one looks like will be much different than game nine and how, that's, how that share goes. Because I think if Javante Williams can really pick up the pass pro game, I think he offers you a little bit more explosion. And I don't think this regime drafts him at 35 Overall, if they don't think that he is a he is a potential second contract guy, mm-hmm. but if that, if it's not a guy like, and I use Dalvin Cook because it was kind of a similar draft range, the Vikings like drafting running backs higher. They like depth of that position, and so to me, I think it's a they view or the scope in which they're viewing him is that is a guy that's going to come in and be a stud, not just be good and fill in a gap, but he's going to be a really good player. I just would caution the expectation that he's going to snatch that job from day one. Cause I think there's just so much more to learning the position than we think that there is. 
it's no longer just handball, get ball, run ball, right? It is a, you have to know the nuances and pass pro and you have to be stout enough to stand in when Alexander Johnson is running down your barrel. I also don't know that Melvin Gordon won't get hurt. He hasn't had the best injury history. So I think that, um, I think that Williams will get his fair share. I bet it'll be at the end, probably like 60, 40 Gordon. But I think that that will be heavily skewed to him early on as the team trusts Williams to make the right reads. And as he does that, I think his ability to be able to steal some carries will increase. I also just want to throw this out there. My, my critique is not on the player. I think Javante Williams is a great player. I love him. My critique is on the process, right? You're not hating the player, you're hating the game. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, I, my thing is, okay, if I didn't have Melvin Gordon, I love the pick. No problem at all. If you know, like it just goes back and forth. Like Melvin Gordon's a good back. Javante Williams, a good back. If I'm drafting a second round running back, I think he's a three down back in my opinion. That's just how I value it. If I draft a running back that high, I want him to do everything. I don't um, block, receive all of that. Now, like to your point, as I get later on, I can find one or two dimensional backs, but finding the three dimensional backs, the guys I can block catch and run are tough to find. Like that's where you find the Philip Lindsay's right. Who outperformed his thing, but his thing was, I'm going to run the ball. I'm not a great receiver. I'm not a great blocker. Um, like the list goes on of backs like that. Uh, but that, that, that's my only critique of it is I, I draft this guy in the second round, he can block catch and receive. And I only get to see half of it. You know, that, that's, that's my only critique. Sure. But if you're George Payton, so you didn't sign Melvin Gordon, right? So regardless of whatever anyone thinks about the contract, yeah, didn't give it to him. So he's looking at what is my plan? And I think he's looking at past the contract even. Or at least I want to get a guy that, could, that I'm going to have to make a decision on. I also don't know what they think of Melvin Gordon. I don't know that they think that Melvin Gordon is that good either. I think Melvin Gordon is a good player. He's not great. Are you going to draft Melvin Gordon in, you know, in the top four of your fantasy league? You know, like, is he going to be a guy that you're like, you know, is a, a potential pro bowler? If he's not, and he, you know, and I think he's only on this team because he has, he had a significant chunk of his salary due and guarantees, right? If he had a million of that 8 million in guarantees, I bet that they move on. You know, I bet that they would have, they would have saved some money and been able to bring in, some cheaper options, just kind of like what you're talking about, right? Uh, and let Williams do that thing. So to me, if I'm Peyton, he's looking at what's my plan, not what was the plan from LA, right? Not what did I receive, but what is my plan moving forward? And I think he drafted him with the intent of, I think this guy's capable from starting day one. I mean, we'll let them figure it out, right? It's all uh, minors. I bet that there was some confidence that minors as a third round pick and anterior offensive line. He has a skill set to start today. He's got to go earn it. Yeah. It's kind of a good problem to have. Is it a luxury selection for where they were at? I think if you looked at it in a, cause that's the other question. If you looked at it in a vacuum, for sure. Right. You use your second round pick on a guy that might not start. But when you look at the totality of the draft, cause you have to look at the entire book, not a chapter to get the full story. Yeah. I don't know where they didn't hit on or, you know, I don't know where, where they didn't get good value to be able to, to make sure that that entire story it's a pretty well-rounded one. It, my, I, my argument is by no means saying like George Payton doesn't know what he's doing. My, my opinion is that like just my philosophy on running backs is a little mm-hmm. different than his. Yeah. I, I think he knows what he's doing with it. I just, sure. But I think that that's the philosophy of most of us. Yeah. I know that that's, I love Javante Wood. We talked about it. 
I like, I was, a, I'm a stan. Like I loved that dude. Yeah. I don't know that that would have been the pick. I also know the Intel that they had to maneuver. Cause if they didn't move, they weren't going to get him. So I get the strategy of it all. Um, I don't know that I don't value the position that high either. Mm. Unless you're getting generational guys, do you, do you look that higher earlier? But, um, but I can see the philosophy. I think that's a little bit what you're saying. I see what he's trying to do. I just, I just, view I would have gone for yeah. sure. Yeah. But, and I think it comes down to like, I think Peyton's building a roster, right? And then it's up to the coaching staff to determine who gets those those carries at the end of the day. So I think Peyton did his job, right? Peyton came in, he saw holes, he filled holes. You know, he, he got the best player available in multiple positions that he feels can be impactful day one or, right. you know, down the line. Um, but it's going to come down to the coaching staff to determine how, how to best yeah. kind of put those guys out there and, and have the most effective offense or the most effective team. And so to watch that play out will be interesting. Yeah, I would ask the same kind of question, right? So now that the dust has settled, what do you think about the Pat Sertan pick? Just one sentence. I like it. Yeah, I like right. it. Yeah. But you, but you know that there was Kendall or Kyle Fuller and Ronald Darby and Bryce Callahan, right? <laughs> but <laughs> but I think but I think that the philosophy is somewhat similar in like it just let's just overload talent, right? And then you have to trust your coaches to be able to create systems or stylistic approaches that maximize the bodies that you have. Mm-hmm. You just haven't had that kind of team before. And you saw it, especially the defensive backfield when guys got injured. It's a team built on 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 secondary, right? And all of a sudden it was secondary. Like they were just not very good. Though again, I don't know that that's what I would have do, what I would have do, what I would have done or what I would have do, whatever. Um, I think I agree with what JT's getting at a little bit is we need depth on this team, right? And at some point, let's just start getting the best players. And I really like that. It's a little bit of, of uh, going BPA as much as possible. We target a guy, we think he's the best guy available, period. Let's just go get him. And let the chips fall where they may. Um, and I, I think by the end of the year, he'll be the starting running back for the Denver Broncos. I want Joey's rebuttal to the the Sertan uh, <laughs> pick, kind of that that statement you made, because I know he had more to say about that. He didn't. I cut him off. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What, what, wait, what? I don't even remember what I was going to say. What? Repeat what that I was. asked. So again, I asked, I said, hey, you know, what would you think of Pat Stampick? And then you said, I loved it. And I said, okay. Well, oh, yeah. okay. considering well, that they had three NFL starting caliber cornerbacks above him, and then you selected a guy that may or may not get on the field this rookie season. Yeah, no, I, I, 
I, I, I really like it, but there's the difference there is the premium position. I'm willing to wait for the premium position. The guy that I'm willing to wait a year if at the end of this guy's contract, he's going to get paid massively. And like that's this four year is still saving me a lot of money. Whereas running back, I'm giving this guy a big contract for a running back. And I don't know if it's going to appreciate well afterwards. If that makes sense. It does. It very much makes sense. Absolutely. Yep. Well, you know, it's well positioned. I think it's well argued. And I know that I disagree with it. Well, I'm glad we, I, I'm glad we agree on it. I didn't say <laughs> I agreed. I said, I don't know if I disagree with it. No. <laughs> well, I'm glad we sort of agree. Yeah. <laughs> we, are, we are aligned. In we, we are aligned. Yep. I just think Javante Williams is such a good player. Yeah, he is. And crush, you know. Sometimes you just, you have a draft crush. And if your team gets him, you just don't care about the rest of it, you know. Yeah. That's like, kind of I'm, I'm kind of that way too. I'm I'm right there too with that. Like I'd rather see Javante Williams step up and just be the guy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, when the Broncos got Judy last year, and I was like, "Here, like, why didn't they get a tackle?" I was like, "Shut your face!" Yeah, <laughs> like, don't stop it. He's yeah. great. Don't you argue me? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's let's talk one more position group before we uh, transition out. Um, and I want to talk about the safeties and you guys brought that up as, as kind of a topic for us. So it, it's a really interesting room right now. You've got two rookies that were drafted this year. I, I guess kind of give me your take on the room right now, what, what you like about it, what you don't like. And um, if you think these rookies have a chance to, to outpace um, the guys that are kind of ahead of them on the depth chart. So I like the starters a lot. I mean, I, I don't think there's a chance for Jamar Johnson or Caden Stearns to outplay Kareem Jackson or Justin Simmons. Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons are studs. They're both really good football players. Um, and based off what we see, what we saw from Kareem Jackson last year, I think he's going to have another phenomenal year. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's getting up there in age. It's always possible that this is the year where you start to see, okay, he's slowing down a little bit. But even then, um, I think Caden Stearns is – he, he's a project he's he's further away but you're betting on the physical tools with him which i don't mind and specifically on special teams he's going to be awesome jamar johnson is interesting because he has this this pass defense down this, this is what he's good at he's going to go down there he's a ball hawk he's great at reading the quarterback's eyes he um he covers the entire field there, there there's a play i think he made against ah, I can't remember, but man, he started center field, goes all the way to the right sidelines on the, on the sideline, picks the ball off. And those are just plays you don't see from safeties very often. That's rare. I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't against fields. Was it? Um, it may have been against Ohio state. He had two against Ohio yeah, state. Was it? Yeah. I was going to say, which one, which one was it? Was yeah. it the first or the second one? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. 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 Exactly. He, uh, he, so that's the stuff that's rare to find in a safety, right? There. I mean, when you go look at your draft prospects and you're looking at the safeties, there's about a hundred box safeties and about five single high safeties. It's just a harder thing to find. Um, now he did fall because he is just not a good tackler. He can't tackle right now, or at least in college, he could not tackle. He didn't, it didn't look like he had a desire to tackle. He didn't look physical. He was kind of a, an ankle grabber to me is what he looked like. Um, you saw flashes here and there, which was good. It shows that he can do it when he wants to. Uh, but so I, I, 
what I would do with him is I would throw him on special teams and make him earn it. I, I would make him play. Go play physical for a little bit. Come back to me, and we'll see how we'll see how it looks. Um, but I don't mind the pick at all because the upside there is awesome. I think philosophically, you just I I was like not. Nah, I thought I was gonna like snap my neck. It was like Buster Rhymes a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yep. Mm-hmm. I Jamar Johnson is like I I think that he. It's a little bit of, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts taking significant coverage snaps towards the end of the season. You know, it's third and it's third and six against Kansas City, you know, and he might be the guy out there and not Kareem or, or he's your, your third guy because of the, his ability to be able to play the ball, which we just hadn't had outside of, of Justin Simmons. We don't, we didn't have ball hawks and for as good as Kareem Jackson is, that's not his strong suit. Some of that could be, the devastation on the cornerback position last year. He just, you can't take risks. I think that that hindered Justin Simmons quite a bit throughout last year. I think maybe he even has more if he's able to roam and, and play positionless and um, you know, a la Eddie Jackson and that kind of stuff. He's able to make more plays because there's competent players around him outside of practice squad guys due to injuries and those kind of things. So to me, I really like it. I think Caden Stern's upside is tremendous. If, if he would have progressed the way he showed his freshman year at Texas, I think he's a top 40 pick. Maybe I think he's a really good player. He's a physical specimen. He came on really strong early and then proceeded to fade. I think that that was a result of the coaching much more than the kid. I mean, Texas has kind of been a shambles in, in how they coach and, and taking advantage of, of really tremendous talent. They just haven't done it there. They recruited just fine. They get really good recruits, but they don't really build them up. It was last time you saw a really solid, you know, elite talent coming from Texas. It hasn't been much, you know, and maybe they blossom once they get to the league and that kind of thing, but it's been a while. So I look at a little bit of, I don't really trust the system as much as I blame the kid. That said, I think Jamar Johnson played above his head a little bit. And I think that he can still do more because of the headiness, the anticipation, the be, you know, being able to get there. So it's a little bit a la the center battle, right? Where which player, you know, they're, Two ends of the spectrum. One's physical freak. The other one's not physical freak. Doesn't show the instincts that the other guy does. So it's like totally opposite skill sets. Depends on what you want, right? If you want a guy that's going to come smack people and come downhill, Caden Stearns might be that guy. And if you want a little bit more of a Kareem Jackson clone-ish, that kind of thing. Or if you want two ball hawks back there, really just, you know, the and the opportunity to be able to see which one fits best. I think it's pretty fantastic. Your point, JR, about putting them both on special teams or putting Jamar Johnson on special teams. You know, if you're going to, if you have some worries about consistent tackling, let me, let me put you on special teams where, you know, you are on an Island. Most times you got to make a play and you have to make a, a form play. You have to make the right play and you have to bring down the guy. Cause there's just, you know, there's not many opportunities to be able to, uh, to get some support sometimes, especially if you're a gunner or, you know, um, you're one of the first guys down on punt. So I like it. I think that that's exactly it. And I think that that's where those guys need to go play anyway. Yeah, just to be able to maximize to maximize their physical talents and to make that group better. You know, this is a, our special teams have just not been very good. Um, and so to me, I think that that would be the best place to put those guys. But I really like your mindset on, you know, if, if tackling was a problem, let's go tackle. Yeah, The place that you can do that the most with a lot on the line is and then um, – exact you know option the the idea of what 
Jamar Johnson could be like peak. Let's say he like you let your imagination go with a peak Jamar Johnson could be. And then matching that with Justin Simmons on your back end would be so amazing. I, 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 I really hope that that pick hits. I really do. Cause that would be, that would be really fun. That safety duo. Yeah. What, what do you think it meant that the, they drafted two guys where they did for PJ Locke and Trey Marshall? I mean, it, it does feel a little bit like the writings on the wall, uh, but I don't think that those guys are completely untalented. So it'll be, uh, so I'm interested to see how that shakes out. Uh, totally. Same. I, I am too. We were talking about earlier about how I don't like Peyton's fascination with running backs. What I do love is his fascination with DBs. I, I love it. Yeah. Just keep, <laughs> keep drafting them. Keep, keep them coming. It's the, uh, I love that. So uh, what, what that means for those two guys, I don't know. I, th- I think it's writings on the wall. Like you said, you drafted two guys fairly early, not really early, but got talented players for sure. Um, and guys that probably will produce more on special teams. So I think that's, that, that's the key there. You think, do you agree with my, so if, if Johnson shows that he can, he can be physical enough, you know, not necessarily need him to be a bruiser or a mauler or a, you know, Steve Atwater, Dennis Smith type, but come in and he can, he can bring down, cause he's going to have to, you're like Kelsey, you're playing a guy like Waller, right? you have to be able to make those tackles in one-on-one situations with bigger guys. You just, you can't be on the field if you can't do those things. So he shows that he can do that or at least adequately enough. Do you see a, a way where he starts sneaking in some of those coverage snaps to be able to provide some playmaking? If, if, uh, if he can show that he can, he can be sufficient in the run support or, you know, in one-on-one tackling situations. Totally. Totally. I think so. I mean, he played a lot of, see, I wouldn't do this unless he showed that he could be physical, but at Indiana, he played a lot of nickel too. Um, the, I mean, that's closer to the line of scrimmage. So I, I, I really don't like it there unless he, he got more physical, but it just shows his versatility and coverage. And like you said earlier, his anticipation and he's just very nuanced in coverage. He knows, he knows what's going on in front of him, which I love. It's uh he was always really fun to watch because of it. Yeah, we talked about potentially one of those guys making uh, Kareem Jackson expendable, but I don't know. I don't know that there's a, a benefit there. You know, Kareem's Kareem's uh, contract isn't so high that you would you would save a lot of money in, in transferring one of those guys into a spot. So um, I don't necessarily think that that's a possibility. But I mean, again, if those guys show out, then then perhaps. Yeah, I mean, it, it provides you it provides you with options if you're looking at it from like a GM perspective. I think that his contract is guaranteed, if I recall. I probably should have pulled it up before. Oh, is it? But I think so. I think that was some of the caveat in doing so. I, spe- I think if he's on the day one roster, especially, I think it is. I I also think he it could be an adequate trade trade chip. I mean, it's just there to be able to have um, and have young guys, especially as if this team doesn't perform, you start getting close to the trade deadline. Could someone use a guy like Kareem Jackson? Sure. You know, I, especially at a prorated rate of two and a half million or, or whatever that might be for the rest of the season, you know, I, I bet a contender if the Broncos aren't, that would be a good option. Uh, but I look at it a little bit like, uh, like 2016 Broncos drafted Justin Simmons and Will Parks. You know, you still had Darian Stewart and TJ Ward on the, on the cusp. It gives yourself options about just how you want to be able to play it. You know, you also prepare for, you have those guys in if for some reason Justin Simmons hits a wall or declines or something, I doubt that that would happen, but it's good to be able to have, you, you protect yourself against the what if, 
while also beefing up your special teams and you need a guy to play nickel. You know, yeah. we don't know who that guy might be next year. So yeah. Callahan moves on, like we've talked about. I think Bassey doesn't come back healthy or shows that maybe he's a little bit over his head. Uh, OJ Mudia doesn't develop. I mean, all of those things. Now you have another guy that can come down and play a heavier nickel or, or he's just your heavier nickel option because he's, you know, he's got a little bit more stout. He's gained a, a few pounds. He can be a little bit more physical in the run game. Now you just have so much more options and how you can defend offenses. It's just a nice place to be. If you're a coach, hopefully that's an exciting thing and not an overwhelming thing, but it's, it's nice to have all of the ingredients to make whatever you want versus I only have some of these ingredients and I have to make this, I can make a good meal, but it's got to be the meal all of the time as yeah. opposed to being able to have some varieties and kind of mix and match. So at least there's that approach to, um, I, I do think it, it definitely solidifies that Korean won't be back. Yeah. Unless for some reason he took a vet min or something. Um, I don't see how it would work. And now it shows that it doesn't need to, you know, he's kind of playing for his next opportunity, which should motivate him to play well. And you have guys and options to be able to, um, to take that over the reins. If, uh, if that comes to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kareem is, uh, he's been one of the more underrated Broncos through since we signed him. He's, yeah. Like when you watch film, he's easily like top three, like one of my favorite players to watch just, just the way he plays his physicality, watching him, go from corner to safety and just be a hammer at safety is it, it, he's a special player. He's a warrior. It's um, crazy. Especially for a guy that's what, like five ten, like one ninety eight. Yeah. He's, <laughs> I mean, yeah. he throws his body around. He comes down a hundred miles an hour and does not care. And how um, he doesn't get hurt. on like, like how he stays healthy that I don't, right. you know, and it goes to him, whatever he's doing, he's doing it right. And he's doing it well for sure. Yeah. Anyways, I just thought I'd throw that out there because it's cool that he re-signed. I didn't think once he was gone, I didn't give it much of a shot. And I'm shocked that there wasn't a team that was willing to go out there and give him a two-year deal or something. That shocked me. But Yeah, I mean, that that went to show that George Payton is much more in tune with how the markets lined up than anyone had anticipated he would be, right? How he read the Kyle Fuller situation. I mean, the guy was playing chess while Ryan Pace is playing I can't, man. Like, I don't know what I don't know what they're doing over there, but like, my goodness, like he saw that, stayed patient. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waited there just, you know, it was, it was phenomenal. And he did the same with Kareem. He read that. You know, that safeties weren't getting paid when Anthony Harris was out there, too. He's not getting his contract. That gave him, you know, negotiating leverage for Kareem. Like, hey, this is the dollar amount that we're going to give you. We're not going to go higher than that. Let us know what you think. I also really like that both of the safeties that he drafted were upside guys that could that could be answers in the fifth round. 
which doesn't mean that he can't go get one in the first, second, third, you know, he couldn't go get another guy, you know, a fifth round draft pick shouldn't keep you from looking at that position again next year, but it provides you with options and low cost options. Is I just, I, I like. Yeah. I going back to the safeties and free agency. I mean, Malik hooker's still out there. Yeah. 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 That was one of my guys. I was like, go get him, man. Go. Yeah. He, I mean, the guy's injury prone. Yes. Don't get me wrong, but phenomenal talent. He's a yeah. really good talent. When you sit there and watch the games that he's played in, it's like, Oh God, if this guy could stay healthy, we're set at safety. We don't need, and he's only 20 and he's only 25, you know, yeah. so he doesn't get a, get a vetman deal with some incentives in there. Right. I, I don't know. I, and maybe other people know something we don't know. And you know, he, I bet he'll be a training camp pickup, right? You go in and not really impressed with who you brought in your vet looks older than he did last year and not really, you know, going your draft pick isn't, isn't catching up. And so maybe that's a guy that a team goes and gets, I would be shocked if he doesn't get somewhere. I, as I'm shocked though, that he's not on the team right now. Maybe through training camp, he signed somewhere. I would assume, I would hope so. Yeah. Well, thank you, Joey, for your time today. We appreciate you. Appreciate um, we're going to cut here and we're going to do a beer review on the other side. Um, but again, thanks so much. We'll be sure to have you on and we're looking forward to reading all the stuff that you put out as the season gets closer. I'm sure you'll have some good breakdowns when camp gets going. I appreciate it, guys. That was a lot of fun. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. All right, everyone stick to stay tuned and we'll uh, be back on the other side. What time is it? Do you know what time it is? It's beer time. What? I don't know. Yes, it is. It just it just happened. No, I like it. <laughs> I don't know if we'll, we'll see when I listen to it. I don't know if anyone else will like it, but I liked it. Yeah. All right. That's what we'll That's kind of how I feel about this podcast in general, though. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure someone likes it. I like it. Yeah. I don't know who does. Our wives don't <laughs> listen to it. So <laughs> that's, that's a fact. Our father-in-law stopped. He was like, children could care less. Our children, they just know that I podcast. Hey, dad, is that your mic? Is that for podcasting? That's what they asked me. Because they want to use it. They'll want to make their own YouTube videos. Yeah, that's that's my oldest, too. (laughs) Wants to be an influencer. Hey, get paid, bro. Yeah. You have to have a a shtick. Or you have to, like, fall down a lot. Like, you have to, like... Be okay with hurting yourself. <laughs> I don't know what he's plenty of that. He makes lots of money though. Yeah. I mean, right, well, let me build you, this podcast thing doesn't work out. Yeah, we'll we'll go give away money on YouTube. Boom. Just we have to find someone else's money. <laughs> you know. If you're we'll listening to this one. and you have money to let us give away to let us be influencers on YouTube and or Instagram and or Twitter and or uh, TikTok and or Tumblr. Tumblr. <laughs> I don't, I'm running out. I think that's it. MySpace, whatever. Bring it all back. Facebook. Yeah, MySpace. You can be, we'll put you in our top seven. Yeah. Top five. Guaranteed.
Guaranteed. GDT. Next to Tom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. We got two beers for you today. Uh, the doctor has one and I have one because we are remote and uh, we actually coordinated a plan to have multiple beers on the, on the podcast, which, Ooh. you know, that's growth for us. Yeah. You know, takes 56 episodes sometimes to land on genius. <laughs> we got there. It was a, it was a crawl, but we made <laughs> it. Slow crawl. <laughs> you want to talk about yours first? I do. You want to pop these bad boys though? Or you want to like, do you want to line them up first? We'll line them up first. Okay. I got super excited. So I have Bent Barley. So Bent Barley is in Aurora, Colorado in the Southlands Shopping Center by E470 in Smoky Hill. So Bent Barley is a private brewery down here. Um, I like it. It's a nice little nook brewery. Customer service is great. Um, they're really on top of it. I really liked the, just the environment was pretty great. Uh, smaller place, so um, not overwhelming with a whole bunch that's going on, uh, but definitely uh, a nice little spot to go grab one. They have taster sizes, 10 ounce, 16 ounce growlers. So they, they depending on how much you want to fix, you can find that fix here. So I went with the Bent Barley IPA, which is just on brand for, for me. If you show me an IPA, I will drink it. I won't even ask if it's for me. I'll just have it. Uh, so I did. So it's their flagship IPA. It's a clear West Coast style IPA hopped with Columbus, Mosaic, and Simcoe. That's 6.9 ABV and 75 IBU. So it's pretty happy. Um, and the ABV was, I do believe, the highest that they offer. So I'm a simple man with simple pleasures. Give me an IPA with, uh, with your best ABV and you'll probably find a happy camper. Uh, yeah, we had a honey Kolsch from, from Bent Barley. That was yeah. pretty delicious. Uh, so I would recommend them without having tried this IPA, but I'm sure it's going to be great. Uh, I, on the other hand, have another one that we've, another brewery that we've covered, uh, but a different beer. So I've got the Guava Rodeo from Oscar Blues. Guava Ooh. Rodeo, which is a pretty Ooh. cool name. I like the name. Yeah. Uh, Oscar Blues has all sorts of uh, brew pubs, restaurants all over the place, most notably in Lyons. There's a, also one in Boulder, I believe. Um, I haven't been to the restaurant in a long time. I, w- I went to the restaurant once. It was delicious. They have like comfort food, which, you know, I'm all about the comfort food. Um, so I, I would recommend doing that. They had some delicious red beans and rice, which right up my alley. Um I don't remember what we had. I think maybe we had Good Night, Good Night from Oscar Blues, which is an Imperial Red, which is one of my go-tos because uh, it's like 9% and it's still delicious. But this time I went with Guava Rodeo, which is a sour ale. Um, it's funny because I did a sour on the last episode. I've, I've been delving a little more into the sours, I think, just to get away from so many IPAs, uh, just to give you guys a little more variety. But... Uh, the guava rodeo they have a whole little thing about it so i'm just going to read it we crafted guava rodeo sour ale to take your taste buds for a tart trop around the yard and buck them headlong into tropical fruit flavors of pink guava and tangerine cracking a can sends aromas of mango passion fruit lemon and tangerine charging into your snout and a small swig of guava rodeo contains enough intensity fruity guava flavor to immediately inspire an internet search for whatever the heck guava is it's pretty funny I like that. 
I dig it. Um, and it is six percent AB, uh, ABV, and uh, I don't think it has the IBU in here, but generally sours are not going to be very happy, so that doesn't really matter. But I'm looking forward to it. It looks good. It it is on. Uh, they have like a light spectrum on their their beer web website page. And it is on the far left of the light versus dark spectrum. So it's going to be a very light beer, apparently. <laughs> you ready to crack them? No. Oh, yes. I think you said no. I was like, but why? <laughs> okay, you ready? I'm going to count it down. Three, two, one, crack. I did mine a little. I was too excited with mine. That's all right. You know, premature. It happens to all of us. All right, you ready? Take, yeah, take definitely, play, definitely crescendo too soon. <laughs> you know, what can you do? I've heard those pills for that. All right. Oh yeah. Whoa, that is tart, man. Did you, get that rodeo? did you get that rodeo to the face? I did. Wow, I've never had such a sour, sour beer. Tell me about it. What do you got? I don't know. I'm I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. <laughs> I'm like a total wimp when it comes yeah. to like actual sour things. Mm-hmm. And so I've had like tart sour beers that, you know, make you pucker a little bit. This one's next level. This one's next level sour. And so it's almost like overwhelming the actual taste. I'm going to do another swig just to see if I can like get past like the initial sour punch. So let's see. Okay, I expected it. It wasn't so bad. Still really sour, though. Um, lemony. I mean, I think that that had to be pretty obvious based on the amount of sour. Uh, definitely like some like tropical. So that was that was right on. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't even taste like beer to me, though. That's so weird. Like sometimes like with sour beers, they usually have like a certain kind of like yeah. profile, right? Um, this one is just like almost like like a fruity drink or something. I don't know how to explain it. It's really like throwing it, me for a it, loop. Is it smashable? Like is one where it's like the fruity drink where you're like, man, I like, I'll get some trouble or is it too tart or it's like, yeah, no, I have to drink it at a good pace. Cause it's just, it's probably too tart for me. Yeah. It's, it's like it, like I said, it's like the most sour beer I've ever had. And so I don't know that I could like crush them because yeah. I, I would have to nurse these guys because just because of my weak ass taste buds. Um, would you be doing like the bitter beer face from like the old Miller Lite commercials? I feel like I did. I'm glad you weren't looking. I, I mean, <laughs> it's a face that I've seen before. I'm not going to ask any details about that. Uh, uh, I'll give you my grade in a second. Why don't you tell us about yours? So I, mine lined up probably exactly where I thought it would. Uh, it was a, a pretty crisp taste. You could definitely taste the hops. Um, but for me, it, it was your classic. And when it says you're a West coast, your West coast classic kind of style IPA, I think it hits right on head. So it's smooth enough to be able to get yourself in some trouble, but, um, but heavy enough that you can, I think that you would want to take your time with. Um, I liked it. It, it was smooth over the taste buds for the most part. Um, I'd be used notwithstanding, but uh, I enjoyed it. You know, I wouldn't say it was, one of my, you know, top tier, definitely, uh, you know, right in line with, uh, 
with what I dig. So I, I, I'm in favor so far. I'll give him my grade in a second too, but you, uh, I think it was, could you, uh, could you drink multiple or, or, or yeah. will you drink multiple? Yeah. Yeah. I would, uh, I'd get a few. I'd, I'd maybe walk away with a growler. That's, that's a pretty good, like, that's a good starting spot, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know if I would do the whole growler in one, <laughs> one sesh, uh, but I don't know that I wouldn't. It's one that I would, you know, I'd order a big boy. All right, I'm gonna give this. Oh man, this is right on the border for me, just because Ooh, like the flavors. Yeah, the flavors are good. I like like it doesn't taste bad. It it definitely crushed me with some sour though, and so um, and maybe that's just my little a little bit of an aversion to really sour things. However, I'm gonna give it a small dub. Ooh, I don't think it's a bad product. I think it's a good product, and I think people will like it. Um, it's just probably, I think probably a lot of people will really like it. Yeah. I just am definitely a, a niche, wimp. Definitely a niche drink. I get yeah, it. Yeah. Like you gotta want it, right? Like you gotta be like, yeah, that's what I want. I think, yeah. I think if you want like a true sour, like it's a great option. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I get you. Um, I, and I'm still developing my taste for sours. I, I like them, but I, I, I couldn't drink like them primarily, mm-hmm. but it's still good. And I think it's a good product and I think Oscar blues makes good beer. And so I'm going to, overstep my preferences a little bit and mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that's a W because I think it is. It's like Drew Lock hitting KJ Hamler in the back of the end zone for that walk-off win. A little bit sour all game, but still comes through with a dub. Sweet at the end. Yeah, they love it. Nice job. Yep, I'll give mine a solid dub. It's like a, a four-point dub. Game was a little closer than it, you know, or the score was a little closer than the game would have indicated, but it wasn't a blowout win. Well, you're gonna have to save me some because I want to try it. No, <laughs> and you can have this because I don't think I can drink it, <laughs> but it's still good. Caveat, still good. Okay. Caveat, all right. Well, everyone, thanks for sticking with us. We're gonna run today, um, but we will be back next week with some more Broncos coverage and some more beer. Um, so make sure that you guys are kind to one another. Uh, Be safe out there and go Broncos. Go Broncos.